I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are taking a look at Yes, Madam from 1985, directed by Corey Yuen and starring Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. And actually, this is the second time that we've done this episode. <laughs> because the first time there was a little bit of a audio snafu on my end, and so that episode was probably the best episode we ever would have ever recorded in the history of this podcast and we could have just quit right there but you know that's how it goes this is like so. the tenacious d song tribute yeah yeah this is this <laughs> right. isn't the greatest podcast in the world you gotta believe us yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of opinion but what? i had some really good jokes but well see what we can well, do we're just gonna time. have to we're just gonna have to do the exact same podcast the second time i so. memorized every word that i said in that's good specific order well, yeah well, luckily all these podcasts are fully scripted out so that's right. we can yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> all right uh but this this episode like i said it's about yes madam this is the third in our series looking at heroines in hong kong cinema and this episode specifically focusing on uh michelle yo and cynthia rothrock and uh, Marty, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I guess it was kind of a you and a Carlos decision for this episode. Mm-hmm. So why did you all Yeah, this it? is one of those jinx moments. I think it, we, yeah, we both had the same idea at the same time. Well, for one, I guess we could say this is sort of double your money. We get two major uh, incredible stars in one yes. film in this great pairing. Uh, also, it's a kind of period of time that we haven't captured so far. We did focus on Wheels on Meals, which is, which was produced around the same point in time, but it also had this European international flair. And now we finally Mm -hmm. get to focus on kind of early 80s Hong Kong action uh, when guns started to feature in, you know, Hong Kong choreography, which is kind of a new thing. And uh, we also get to feature a director we've just kind of alluded to a couple of times in the past, Corey Yuan, who comes from that same uh, Jim Yuan school, one of the seven little fortunes, along with Jackie Chan and Yuan Biu and this film's producer, Sammo Hung. And that's another interesting thing with this. He founded a film production company called D&B Films, uh, along with uh, John Shum or John Cham. And Dixon Poon, the unfortunately named Dixon Poon. <laughs> Who is, uh, I think, one of the wealthiest men in Hong Kong at the time. Yeah. And soon, yeah, and sorry. soon actually married Michelle Yeoh, the film star. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry, I should have clarified. Sir Dixon Poon. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. He was he was knighted. He's an order of the British uh, Empire. Wow. Yeah, much like uh, yeah. Uh, Kwon Ta King, who we mentioned before, also uh, had an mm-hmm. OBE. Um, and John Chalmer, um because it looks like John Shum, but I think you say John Shum. Uh, he is one of the stars in this film as well. Uh, Sam Hung makes a, a brief appearance that we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But this film is, uh, it's something else. Uh, it's really cool to see. Uh, like you said, it is modern like Meals on Wheels was, but it's very much like a, very much a crime drama with very, very 80s, cop movie kind of feel with you know the whole 
you're getting a new partner and like oh i don't want a new partner and this partner doesn't play by the rules and, and all that it's yeah you can tell it plays in those areas and it kind of understands um mm-hmm. you know where it's going because um we'll get some nods to some of the gritty uh cop movies from that era from the state side yeah and it's it's a perfect capsule of this kind of period of the 80s and almost kind of shows how how international uh, a lot of the 80s aesthetic and fashion and uh, just sensibilities were Uh, even if you didn't grow up with this movie necessarily but grew up as a child of the 80s uh, i think you're going to get a great whiff of nostalgia for some yeah, of good old this, days. This or like me, grew up just watching a whole bunch of eighties movies, <laughs> right, even right. though you didn't grow up then. <laughs> yeah, that's like um, its own breed of nostalgia. I think. Yeah, it's really like kind my kind comfort zone. Like, yeah, eighties aesthetic, Hong Kong action. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really like, uh, it res- it resonates with me really well. So we got Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, and they're both. I mean, they're great. And they're really good in this movie together, and it's um funny to me when i was a kid i was familiar with cynthia rothrock i guess just from like uh, walking through the aisles in blockbuster we would uh you know we'd kind of on a friday night it's like all right what are we gonna rent for the weekend and i was into these kinds of movies not as like as much as i would get into them like kind of in high school but still i would see all the covers and they always like would try to lure you in either with like something that looks like something else or you know just (laughs) like a cool pose and she was one of those faces that I would always see on these movies like something like Cynthia Rothrock and uh Don the Dragon Wilson and these guys that were kind of like these b-movie like action heroes and um I mean honestly as a kid I wasn't I wasn't brave enough to rent a movie with a girl on the cover like oh come on like but as I grew up and as I got into these movies you know you start to dig deeper and then all of a sudden I'd see her again and it's like oh wait a second this is Cynthia Rothrock like from all these like kind of junky movies that I remember seeing at Blockbuster but (laughs) then when I'd see like her Hong Kong work which I had no idea came before all of these movies because she produced a lot of movies once she came back to the states yeah. and um she is amazing under like you know it's just kind of shows you the potential behind these stars the athleticism and everything she was a karate champ before she was in movies and um she actually uh was working like on a like a demonstration team and uh under ernie reyes so you guys might know ernie reyes jr like he's in like yeah kino turtle yeah right turtles 2 and surf ninjas yeah yeah his dad so i've heard yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so they had a team where they would do demonstrations and one of the hong kong like casting like they had a like a they wanted to find like a new action star and he brought his team over to hong kong and they were looking for a guy actually kind of like the new bruce lee right everybody wants to find a replacement for bruce lee actually the guys were so impressed with cynthia that they actually decided to retool a whole movie just so they would have her and Mm -hmm. she did great stuff in hong kong like uh this movie and um writing wrongs was the first oh, one i saw of her hong kong stuff and that's a really good movie too and it's kind of you know this same kind of cop action stuff yeah amazing 
amazing to see what she could do. And and I think about all these other kind of B stars, and some are better than others, but who knows what they could have produced if they were, you know, filtered through that Hong Kong action machine. It's right. Great. And actually, cool the, stuff. the first person that signed her was uh, Ng Si Yuan, who uh, we talked about from seasonal films but he actually didn't really have a project for her so she had this hong kong contract uh but it didn't really amount to anything and i think she had alluded to as much in this interview uh that was done in the states that was broadcast over in hong kong that sammo hung saw and as the story goes sammo called her up and (laughs) wanted to get a project together and apparently yes madam was sammo's idea he wanted wanted there to be a buddy cop film uh with two female leads at the center and it's pretty amazing just uh how different the kind of origin stories are of cynthia and michelle yo you know cynthia's path like carlos said is maybe similar to benny the jet or Kida's, you know from mm-hmm. wheels mm-hmm. on meals where Amazing. she's an actual competitive martial artist and like benny uh undefeated in her uh in her categories and also like benny just took to filmmaking uh like water and michelle yo uh kind of came up through you could say a feeder program that was kind of common in Chinese filmmaking which was to pull from beauty pageant contestants she was Miss Malaysia uh and but really a renaissance woman in her own right uh had studied mm-hmm. abroad I believe had studied in London uh and also had a dance background like some of the heroines we've talked about so far what's amazing is we'll see in this movie both of these women are such incredible screen fighters and have so much charisma you completely forget about their their backgrounds they're just dominant you know screen action actors uh and so yeah. yeah this is a real treat uh that this movie was was ever produced uh i think we'll probably talk about some spots that might be a little bit rough around the edges but by far uh has and shoulders above anything else the star of this movie is the pairing of michelle and cynthia and they're just amazing yeah it's really good yeah and if we go to kind of like video games again you know michelle yo um definitely like you know strong chinese like region like female lead like definitely also an influence for chun li but cynthia rothrock as influential almost she is she is sonya yeah like sonya blade from mortal kombat yep an influence for sonya blade so you know like the instant that i saw her character on screen i was like she looks exactly like sonya blade and then i looked (laughs) it up and like oh she basically is (laughs) yeah totally there was another thing i i shared with you guys a little while ago too is that kentucky fried chicken commercial (laughs) we'll have to we have to put a link for that in the show yeah for sure yeah it's awesome kentucky fried chicken and i are both masters at what we do in karate i'm number one and kentucky fried chicken no i I watched it right i watched right before the the recording it's just it's so goofy because on the one hand it's like i I guess cynthia author was just famous for being a a karate champion Mm -hmm. that famous enough for that it's just, I don't know, it's just silly. It's funny. Yeah, and th- yeah, that's from, from 83. 83. Yeah, so it's, it's so predates before this. this. I, I really like, she does kind of like this, you know Kirby, that Megaton punch? Like, there's like a bonus stage where you're like kind of smashing through a, like karate style, oh, right, where right. you're smashing through a cinder block. But then yeah, in Kirby, yeah. it's super exaggerated where it like cracks the earth. And she totally like cracks the she earth. She d- basically the does that in the commercial. Yeah, that's awesome. It's goofy. It's got the taste. 
Great stuff. So, and yes, madam, this movie is also known as In the Line of Duty 2. And that gets a little confusing too. There's like a whole, and this movie really influenced kind of a subgenre within Hong Kong action, kind of like a Girls with Guns series of movies. And yeah, they're called In the Line of Duty. And this is part two, but the movie that comes out the next year with (laughs) Michelle Yeoh, it's called Royal Warriors. That's the first In the Line of Duty it's yeah. It's very confusing. It's kind of like a retroactive. Yeah, they sort of did that uh, with Operation sequel. Condor in the right, in the states. Right, right. And in, but in this... some markets, it's called uh, Police Assassins, or even yeah, I think I Police Assassins Two the... in some areas. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> That's an awesome name. Yeah, could be a little bit confusing, but you can't beat the title uh, "Yes, Madam," and that's apparently the term that they would use for uh, female officers in Hong Kong is "Madam." Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, so in the line of duty three, it has a co-star of Hiroshi Fujioka. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. are familiar with like he's common rider, like the masked rider. <laughs> like that's common the original common rider is Hiroshi Fujioka uh-huh. and he gotcha. plays in that. And then in, in the line of duty four, yeah, Donnie Yen. Yen is in that. Yeah. So there's a lot Ooh. of yeah, a lot of cool people in this series. Yeah, in this series kind of <laughs> right, right. quote unquote unquote series. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if uh, unless you guys have anything else to do, we could jump right yeah, into jump in. the movie. Uh, so the movie starts off with I think Carlos's favorite scene in the movie, <laughs> the best scene uh, in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like finally, like the very yeah. Carlos is thrilled when an exhibitionist gets their comeuppance. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's about it it's I, about time. <laughs> it's yeah. mostly about his expression yeah, when he enters so, yeah. that building. His kind of peering left to right, it's hilarious. The very beginning just starts with this, uh, we see Michelle Yeoh in like a bookstore looking around at some books, and we see this guy who's this really goofy looking guy, he almost has like an afro going on, um, and he has this big trench coat, and he's just looking around looking all shifty, and then he he comes inside, and he's a flasher, and he just whips open his coat right in front of Michelle Yeoh, and and then she immediately turns around and like slams a book on you know him and <laughs> him and just the on the the faces that he makes really are yeah. super goofy and, a, and apparently that kind the of, international market uh watched the scene and said no no thank you and they, actually, <laughs> they actually removed this and the following uh action beat i think is kind of chopped up a little bit too and they they inserted a scene from another film i, I don't remember which but yeah it's oh. it's pretty it's pretty delightful um like you said carlos this guy's expression and it also captures something in this movie uh we've talked about before the three of us it's it will sort of take two steps forward for maybe women's empowerment and then yeah. one or two steps back. Um, right. And, but I think it's important for kind of capturing the time and capturing this culture oh, yeah. of, of Hong Kong. Um, and the movie does kind of play with that sometimes in some surprising ways, sometimes in some predictable ways, but it's definitely mm-hmm. an, definitely an element throughout here. And the scene, as funny as it is, and as much as we could just make a, a clip for Carlos that it's just the scene looped a hundred times, <laughs> the very next scene is kind of a whiplash in terms of, of tone. Sure. Uh, because that starts it off as kind of like a silly, you know, oh, like she's 
she's you know a no-nonsense cop but also you know she still has to deal with the fact that you know she's a woman and and still a little bit looked down on right and then the next scene is uh an armored truck coming in to you know to transport some money and some thugs pulling up and just starting shooting and holding up the place and like trying to steal the money and and it's kind of violent too like i was a little surprised at uh some of like the blood effects and and everything yeah, yeah especially since yeah, the rest of the movie is i mean i think kind of important mm-hmm. for setting the tone pretty early granted exactly. granted it's yeah. sort of whiplash following the the mm-hmm. opening scene but it's probably important that we know sort of what we're in for or what kind of movie we're in for it's also mm-hmm. crazy just i mean first of all just how uh electric michelle yo is on screen yes but she also she has this rare gift that very few actors have where you're just completely on their side almost no matter what. And pretty mm-hmm. soon she has her gun drawn and she's firing. So this is a character that won't hesitate to shoot people and you're really kind of okay with it somehow. Um, and I think that has a little less to do with maybe the screenplay, if there even was one for this film um, <laughs> and just everything to do with, you know, her, mm-hmm presence or her aura or Mm -hmm. what you know that je ne sais quoi she she gets some really nice action scenes right out the gate i really love the shot of her kind of like she's running running alongside the car and the way that the uh action is cut they're like these really quick like cuts for every movement in a scene so she tries to shoot at a guy and he tries to shoot her and she jumps out of the way and each of those is like its own cut it kind of has this fast paced feeling to it and it kind of reminded me of a lot of um japanese kind of live action shows from that era like maybe like this kind of superhero stuff like i mentioned common rider um mm-hmm. definitely has kind of the same energy as a lot of the shows from that time and she there's a great there's a great truck flip they try to get away in the armored truck and she shoots up the tires and they ramp up and and i don't know i <sighs> I guess it's just in the modern day, like I love, there's plenty of great modern movies with great car chases, but there's just nothing like an 80s car flip, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it just looks like, you know, that that was 100% real. That's 100% what it looked like in real life. There's like not, not a whole lot of visual effects or anything like that. Dude, Um, when I was a kid and like they would show a team all the time on TV. Oh yeah, like, I love it. The Jeep oh, flip at the beginning of the eight. Yes. It never got old. I I watch it every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whenever uh whenever the truck flips, one of the guys gets out, and this is where we get she does a pulls a total dirty hairy move, and and this also brings us to uh the the rip that we have is amazing. Like the quality, it's from a Blu-ray release, and it. It looks amazing, right. like it. It really does. And the font the of the subtitles nope. are are great. Yes, but that's maybe the mm-hmm. only the only good thing about the. Yes, the it looks. The font is amazing because it's not just a, or even if it is just a bitmap, it's a really good bitmap. Yeah. But the translation isn't super great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you think there's? You can tell that there's some paraphrasing here. I. Yeah. I, yeah. I got the. It's like an Asian region Blu-ray of it, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, we. I guess I mean, it, it works. It's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, right. originally the copy that I watched, I got like a Hong Kong DVD of Yes, Madam, and the subtitles in there are horrible. Right. <laughs> but 
back then it was kind of you know like the wild west like yeah you know just searching on ebay or wherever and you could just find like a super cheap hong kong dvd of anything but who knew what the quality was until you got it well and also this was like the first or second of uh dnb film so i mean it seems like they might have not had the exact same kind of quality of you know production line uh end to end that maybe golden harvest would have had um Mm -hmm. because the average golden harvest film of this period tends to have um kind of a better better translation usually but um it has like wheels on wheels that was yeah although yeah Mm -hmm. i I think we saw uh the version that we were watching was more of a recent uh translation the subtitle that's true too but uh it does have one of my favorite uh subtitle misfires (laughs) um shout out to my friend ming uh i think it was from a better tomorrow uh there was a subtitled moment that we always reference where someone's asking a character something like, will you commit to this thing? And then his answer is I'll like the conjunction of I will, but it's just, <laughs> I will. I'll. And so I'll. we have a lot of those, like instead of I am, it's like, yep. I'm, um, yes. Yeah. Like, that's that's oh, one of my that, favorites. That Are you ready? I kind of works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but in this, the reason I bring it up is because in this scene, she runs up to the guy with, uh, with a shotgun in hand. And, you know, instead of saying, you know, the whole, I know what you're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five or whatever it is from Dirty Harry? Right. She says, I'm not sure whether there's any bullets. Are you going to take the risk? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> oh, man. So good. It's and what's great is that he does take the risk and he gets his hand blown Ooh, off. Again, setting so, the tone, you know, like, mm-hmm. she's a cop. She's doing her job. It's no nonsense. Yep. Yeah, totally. Uh, but she does at least give them a little bit of a chance, which is a big contrast to Cynthia Rothrock's character, who doesn't give them any chances. Yeah, we'll find out how hot blooded uh, well, she is. Yeah. the The next scene is is back at the back of the station. They're like all holding up and saying "hip hip hooray" with you know the the flowers and everything, and and she basically is just like, "Hey, that's that's great, but let's get back to work." And and right. you know. But uh, story-wise, the the main thing that happens with this is they just let her know, you know, like one of her old instructors from Scotland Yard, uh, because apparently she trained at Scotland Yard, um, (laughs) is in Hong Kong, and she's going to go visit him in a hotel. Uh, We also get introduced to Mr. Wong, who is, I guess, like her supervisor or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, her captain, maybe? Yeah, like the chief, I guess. Something like that. And yeah, that actor, uh, actor he has is a, incredible. He has a great mustache. Yeah, and super, just super classically handsome or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looks like he could have been in, like, a Shaw Brothers movie. Uh, yeah, totally. Like a, like like a romantic lead or something. She says that she's going to get dinner with this guy, and uh, we cut to a scene in the hotel where uh, we see this one... Um, uh, white dude walking in and he is the most boring white guy looking guy in the universe <laughs> yeah this is this he is really another is. moment i think of dnb dnb films budget kind of tipping their hand and this happens a lot in hong kong where it's like it'll be some expat that knew someone who knew someone who knew someone but has never acted mm-hmm. in their life or some australian uh would-be actor uh it happens kind of a lot unfortunately in a lot of hong kong movies of this period i guess my problem with this guy is Ultimately, we're supposed to believe that he's going to be having this romantic dinner with Inspector Ng, Michelle Yeoh's character, and it just doesn't read right. Like there's, at least for me when watching it, there's some <laughs> confusion, and maybe 
maybe I have some weird stereotypes and biases and I should be giving this guy a, sh- a shot. But um, <laughs> I don't know. There's something, it, it does create a little hiccup in the movie for me. It's like, yeah. oh, who's who's this person and how formidable is he really? Right. And they're kind of just establishing like what yeah. the basic premise of the movie is going to be. So there's kind of some yep. shady, I guess, what do you say? Some dealings under the table that he's got something important that he needs to get to someone else and they're going to have kind of a rendezvous in his hotel room. But what what you also end up seeing is that there's a couple of other guys that are up to no good as well. And two guys, they kind of are disguising themselves as bellhops, but they're actually getting into rooms and they're stealing stuff. So you've got these kind of two situations, actually three situations where we've got the secret meeting going on and then we've got the thieves, but we up, we've also got uh, Inspector mm, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character and she's going to be meeting with this man as well, which is kind of weird that, you know, they he knew he was going to meet with her, but he also is right. meeting with this guy. So it's kind of like yeah. double booking. And, um, and he, he ultimately... Movie, but before Michelle comes back in, it feels a little bit long, maybe on first viewing. It's a lot of new characters that we might not necessarily be tracking. And like those, the two gentlemen in the uh, hotel uniforms, like you mentioned, Carlos, uh, will soon come to know that they these guys are really important to the movie so important to the movie that they might even be the main character they might have more movie? screen time than yeah. yeah they might have more screen time than michelle Yeoh and cynthia roth um, but it, it sort of played for some for some mystery here um mm-hmm. and i think yeah for the most part it's more mysterious than it is confusing but it might be slightly slightly confusing but yeah this is like a kind of a pacing thing that a lot of these hong kong action movies kind of suffer from where uh, sure. Even Wheels on Meals, you know, it's like all this kind of random stuff is happening and it's ultimately going to serve the action later in the movie. But mm-hmm. they kind of seem unrelated to each other and you're kind of like, uh, I have no idea what's going to be happening and this all seems random. But ultimately, in a good movie like this and Wheels on Meals, you're rewarded with amazing action and this yep. this movie that's, doesn't... That's so yeah. true. Well, yeah, this sequence yeah. also showcases uh, some great Koryun, um directing. Uh, there's some really memorable shots looking in uh, Dick Way's uh, sunglasses, the reflection from mm-hmm. his sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And then when he and, uh, is his name Richard? I was going to say the white guy. Yeah, the white guy, Richard. <laughs> yeah, the white when guy. When they're yeah, meeting Richard. in the hotel, um, Dick Way's character threatens him and he pulls out this gun. And the way it's, the way it's all staged in the frame mm-hmm. is just really striking and then he ends up sticking the end of the gun which actually already has a silencer on it but he for extra good measure he sticks it in um an apple that's in the fruit bowl on their table and then shoves it into richard's mouth and yeah a lot of quick cuts here but pretty pretty brutal um you know they don't Mm -hmm. it's not really explicit in the the way that the way that the sequence is edited but um Mm -hmm. He gives yeah, him his last meal. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, so he ends up assassinating this guy. But right at the, just after that, when he's, it looks like he's going to retrieve whatever he's there to, to, to get it. the bellhop, who is actually one of the thieves, comes in. And um, while Dick Way's character, I believe he's named Willie, you find out later. Um, yeah, yeah. He's hiding behind a curtain, but the bellhop ends up stealing stuff from who he thinks is the <laughs> the Richard Norton character but sleeping which he's actually dead. So things are starting to get complicated now. And then yeah, shortly yeah. after that, 
uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, she shows up at the door, and she's mm-hmm. looking super 80s, too. She's got some shoulder pads. Oh, I, yeah. I think there's, she's got... There's a, some shoulder pads in this movie. Yeah, she's got a tan in this movie. She kind of looks more tan than I'm used mm-hmm. to seeing her. And um, she arrives, and she quickly sees that uh, Richard is at the table, and then even just shortly after that, she sees that he's actually dead. So mm. with her running into the bellhop, she assumes that it was the bellhop that did it. So she's kind of on the run looking for him, and there's a little bit of a cat and mouse game going on. And she doesn't know that Willie is there, but there's kind of a little interaction with him because he's making a run for it too, where she's in the lobby and she says, stop. And he thinks that mm-hmm. it's him and he's kind of getting ready, like putting his hand in his jacket, like I'm going to have to get my gun out, but she's actually going yeah. after the bellhop. That's a really, really well done shot, yeah. like really good tracking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, then we, we cut, we've seen the two, the two guys kind of running around and changing their clothes back after grabbing some stuff from the, from the dead guy. and. Whenever we next see them, they're sitting on a roof somewhere. Op- like they open up this briefcase that has all this money in it, and they see the guy's passport they stole from him. And they say, "Okay, well, we can get some money from this passport." So we get introduced to um, another character who we find out later he's called Panadol, and Panadol has like this, like it's almost like a dark room, like for for photographs. Yeah, and he has uh, this like he's, spelunker. Like, it looks like he's, helmet or something like oh yeah yeah Yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. great and he's actually played by uh choi hark the famous hong kong director uh and i wasn't you know i'm not too familiar with uh many other acting performances of choi hark but uh it's labeled somewhere as a cameo but it's a really sizable part and he's terrific in this Mm -hmm. movie yeah it's definitely more than a guest role because he has like a whole character arc you know like he's awesome in this movie i love him Mm -hmm plays kind of a goofball there he's kind of like a i don't know he he's like a hustler like he he does stuff for people but you can tell that he's always trying to either swindle people or you know get his end of the deal better than the others yeah and he's 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 a lovable rascal yeah Yeah, for sure and the three of them we should mention they all have um like a medicine nickname so there's uh, yeah aspirin and strepsil uh and panadol and it's not totally clear what their what their backstory is, but it seems like they've mm. they've been together in some form, like since they were kids. Did you guys read it read it mm. that way? Yeah, for sure. They kind yeah. of have like a a long running friendship, and even though they all, it's kind of like honor among thieves kind of deal, where right. it's like yeah, we're all yeah. trying to do our own thing, but we ultimately really are looking out for each other because yeah. you find out that they kind of they're kind of doing all this just to get money so they can kind of take care of like um their master basically yeah what happens here is that uh there's a little confrontation where he opens the door for some people and it turns out that there are some guys that he ended up swindling and they show him hey like these fake ids you made us like they suck and you can see that (laughs) they're they're all faded away and then they do this kind of other funny thing where it's like and also these guns you gave us are all (laughs) fake which is hilarious like how wouldn't you immediately know you got a fake gun? I mean, <laughs> right. I don't know. Let you know. I want to make sure I can test these, whatever. But then there's like kind of a funny, like almost also like a shell game too, where it's like, yeah, uh, they put all the fake. He's like, no, there's a real one, and then right. he's like, this is the real one. And he's like, wait, I'm holding the real one. So then he tries to hold the guys. Yeah, then up. so then he holds yeah. the guys up after he tries <laughs> to to show them which one's the fake or not. Yep, and you get a um, little uh uh 
kind of sense of his place. There's like stuff everywhere and right. he knows it really well. So like when these guys are trying to kind of attack him, he can use everything in his place as like basically like a trap or, you know, a blockade so he can like kind of dance around. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's cool. But yeah, so basically you just kind of get an, a sense of his position in this movie and um, his character. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a lover, lo- uh, lovable, uh, like underworld odds and ends trader or something. Yeah, and you know counterfeiter and and everything. And so that's when uh, Aspirin and Strepsil come in to because they're saying like we got this passport from this guy, so we can sell it to Panadol and get him to do something with it. And they come in just in time to help out uh, Panadol by like pretending to be the police. Um, we get a whole kind of situation with them talking back and forth they're like talking about you know the money that they got and like how they're gonna split it and everything but um the next little bit after um aspirin streps leave we see Panadol at work actually you know like taking off the picture um that richard dorner had and or nornan whatever it was and then putting on a- another person's face but as he takes off the the other picture, we see the microfilm that uh, they were looking at earlier in the movie. Yeah, it's a really um, really great on shot. On the back it's of like the a, picture, it's a it's really te- good shot. Yeah, telegraphed perfectly for the audience. But you mm. kind of believe that um, you kind of believe that Troy Hart's ha- character hasn't seen it. Yeah, it's yeah, super mm-hmm. important, and actually plays off later. And that's something we should, yeah, I think kind of commend with this movie is it does plant some seeds early on that that yes. payoff, which uh isn't always the case with you know kind of uh hong kong action movies Mm -hmm. of this period uh many of which feel like they're kind of strung together scene you know scene by scene no almost everything in the first 20 or so minutes of the movie has some big payoff in the last 20 minutes or so of the movie it's really great Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the music that plays in that scene is really great too oh yeah terrific there's a lot of great uh kind of 80s kind of synth sounds going on yeah, with super it. Delicious lots, of, and stuff. lots of very very reverb heavy drums it's pretty good yeah the composer was romeo diaz oh what a what a great name um but yeah, Hon- yeah hong, cool. hong kong native of course <laughs> with a <laughs> yeah. name like that <laughs> after this we get a scene in the police station uh inspector ing she su- suspects that richard was killed and what what comes up is well, I mean, she she sees that he's killed, and Wong, her boss, he says that Richard was investigating the mob, and he thinks that that might be why he was killed. The other thing is, since he was from the UK, they're going to be sending an agent in to help her with the case, and you find out mm-hmm. who that is shortly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I realized that we we skipped over because it's such a it's such a short scene. But the boss. Uh, very briefly, the yeah, boss. we get a great shot of the, of the mob boss, oh, uh, Mr. Tin. Amazing. And the amazing shot where glasses, he shows up. Frames amazing got. glasses. He just, the first scene, he's like in a, like a, a spinning office chair. And the scene starts with him just spinning around and saying, <laughs> what? <laughs> he has this big evil smile on his face the whole time. It's, it's pretty yeah, good. He has this signa- yeah. signature laugh. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure the audience has got it, he even like kind of calls it out or says something like, "Oh, I like to, mm-hmm. yeah, I like to laugh." So, yeah, I like to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Does. 
Uh, so we get a quick scene with Esperin and Strepsil where they discover that the guy that they stole the passport from was like a, a you know an important guy and and he was dead, not just sleeping. And they're not quite sure what to do because they're afraid that the police will track them back there. So they decide to go ask their old masters about, you know, some advice for what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a goofy scene. Yeah. And this is our uh, lone, lone sequence with, uh, with Sammo Hung. Well, uh, Sammo. And mm-hmm. uh, some wonderful a- aging makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like high school theater level of like putting some baby powder in hair yeah, or something totally. like that. <laughs> and it, that's part of the reason why I thought it was Sammo, but I wasn't 100% sure. Because I know what Sammo Hung looks like as an old person, because that's what he looks like now. Sure. Um, so when I saw that, I'm like, you just look like young Sammo Hung, but with gray hair slightly. Um, we also have Richard Ng in this scene. Yeah, Richard Ng yep. is great. And, uh, a- and yeah, we, we were introduced to him uh, as well as John Sham in uh, Wheels on Meals uh, in kind of yep. a similar location, like a... Um, like an old folks sort of uh, sanatorium or something. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for <laughs> yeah. sure. And um, I don't know, did you say that they took some of this out too? Or? Yeah, the sequence is actually removed from the international cut, which is, uh, that's kind of the rule of thumb that the international distributors seem to go by. It's like, is there action? Is it absolutely essential to the quote unquote story? And then if not, they would cut it. Mm-hmm. But it seems kind of surprising here because, at this point in time, Sam Hung would have been the most well-recognized name internationally. So yeah, yeah. Um, but and do you think they would bad, have pushed every scene he was in? This scene is great too. Another great yeah, Carlos gag scene, like <laughs> with the international chicken. cut. Yeah. So um, what happens here? We need to make is... the Carlos cut. What's that? We need to make the Carlos cut. Yeah, the Carlos cut with all the gags. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So they. You can tell that they're kind of like uh, there's a very chesty nurse that comes in and she's serving them and you can see them kind of leering at her and they're almost licking their lips. So you kind of think that they're going to try to lure her in and like kind of it almost seems like they're just going to try and grab her boobs because they the camera like kind of is very focused on her chest. But they actually are just concerned with getting some tasty food because they're on a restricted yeah. diet and they have to take all they can get. So there's like a huge plate of food yeah. that they go like they're lunging at her, but then they go down and just grab the plate of food and grab this. Yeah. It's like a big like rotisserie chicken that looks kind of undercooked to me. It, I don't know about you guys. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Undercooked. I'm not sure I would eat it. And then the, it's uh, hilarious. The, the medicine boys come in to, to visit and this is a great <laughs> gag too. Um, oh man. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so, they, yeah, yeah, they come bearing gifts, but yeah, which is... <laughs> but it's but it's aspirin, strepsil, and pandol from before, mm-hmm. and uh, they they all come in with their you know like fruit and water and uh, cookies and like one of those circular uh, tins. They get the nurse to leave the room, and when they open up the cookie tin, it's actually full of chicken <laughs> that's <laughs> all greasy and ready for them. It's so um, cool. I gotta do that sometime. Fun. I'm going to get a cookie yeah. tin. I'm going to put some rotisserie uh, chicken in that. That'll be my gift. Take... I, like, if I meet up with you guys, that's what I'll bring you guys. Oh, that's so <laughs> you sweet. Know what, you... that's, uh, that's, that's nice. It's a, some butter cookies <laughs> with a rotisserie yep. chicken in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the water bottles have, like, vodka in, in them or something. It's like, like some that. kind of, yeah, wine or something like that. 
Uh, but they, the whole point of this scene, though, is that they ask their master, specifically Samuel Hung's character, you know, what to, what they should do in this situation. And basically he says, you know, if I was younger, then I would try to fight this person himself, and I'm not, so you should just call the police. So they call the police and report that, you know, they gave this fake passport to someone and it might lead to something. And this scene's great. Uh, because the guy that got the passport is trying to uh, leave um, in the airport. Uh, whenever they uh, track him down, he uh, does he just? I'm trying to remember. Does he just start running like once? Once like he sees the cops are after him, he's, or yeah, oh yeah, he's or pretty sure quick to confront, confront them. And yeah, it has really signature look because uh, if you notice in the earlier scene when we saw his passport photo, his eyes are sort of his like eyes are wide huge. open, really huge and. Uh, he strikes the same pose at the at the ticket counter here, and he's wearing this mm-hmm. awesome shade of sort of like a, uh, yeah, light red pink tank top. Yeah, uh, yeah, perfectly eighties. Yeah, we're gonna call out a lot of yeah. fashion. It's definitely not just uh, yes. women's fashion. A- everyone has some yep. pretty incredible. We do have here. to call out Michelle Yeoh here though, because yeah, yes, yes. she yeah. looks awesome. She's got these black pants and a like a yellow kind of. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but it it. Man, she looks awesome. It's like movie. the '80s thing where it's like the really big neck hole, where like you can like see like your collarbone and everything. I think that's the fashion uh, term, the the neck hole. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. And we also, of course, it's a okay, an '80s Hong Kong action movie, so we mm. definitely have to get slow mo shots of dudes going through glass paints. So much, sure. yeah, it's great. It's really good. That's, that's that's one thing you can't really do that in. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of plate glass windows in ancient China, so <laughs> it's nice to see that in this. That's, right, that's a so lot true. of cool uh, chase shots too of them kind of hopping over chairs like hurdles and mm-hmm. running down uh, staircases. And Michelle Yeoh gets this amazing huge drop kick on him, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. he's making chase, and he ends up actually um, grabbing a hostage, which was the most unfortunate choice of a hostage <laughs> because what who it ends up being is Cynthia Rothrock's character. So he's yeah. kind of holding her by the throat and he's threatening and she's kind of just waiting for her chance. And so she kind of elbows him in the gut and does this amazing axe kick right yeah. up to his head. And it's, right. yeah. it's Over funny her own to me. Shoulder. Yeah. yeah, Cynthia also gets like, it seems like in her Hong Kong movies, she always gets some amazing like kind of aerial kicks in slow-mo where either yeah. she's jumping off a wall or she's getting a like a really strong roundhouse or whatever it is but she they always play her in slow-mo kicking the crap out of somebody and but the yeah. thing that's funny about that shot is that she legit does it and it's amazing yeah. but oh, yeah. immediately after that there's like one of these fako like tight shots where you kind of get her face but then her leg coming up and it's almost like in a <laughs> commercial or something where they have a dog with a fake leg like, <laughs> grabbing something. And and yeah, it's yeah. staged really funny because yeah. she kind of moves away and you kind of see the leg wobbling too. So I really got a kick out of that. But yeah, even this still. Sequ- this like, sequence is just amazing. and uh, It's amazing. And she's wearing kind of like this very like office lady look almost. But she's mm-hmm. doing these amazing kicks. And, I, yeah, she, like, tears her skirt. So as she... I say, you can tell that even if she didn't do it in the movie, you can tell that they, like, tore the skirt because you can, like, see, like, her leg all the way up to her waist yeah. as she's doing all these incredible kicks. I mean, this... What an yeah. amazing debut. Gosh, yeah, CTO exactly. For this movie. I mean, this has to be one of the greatest film debuts 
for any actor ever. You can just mm-hmm. uh, you can just see the jaws on the floor in the Hong Kong theaters because yeah. this was not a known entity. Um, and mm-hmm. it's I think so brilliantly staged here because she's it, it really plays I think with audiences stereotypes, which is oh who's this um, sort of white woman in the business suit. Um, you know, and she's in this hostage position. So it's the last person yeah. in the world you'd expect any sort of action from. And when she explodes she into it, uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, this is this is movie magic. And there's this great story that Cynthia told, because uh, this was her first day on any movie set ever. And, <laughs> you know, she didn't really know the language. There are plenty of kind of barriers in the way. Uh, and that uh, amazing kick that we were just talking about. That's the first thing that she does. And Koryun kept asking for more and more takes, more and more, harder, harder. But over her shoulder, <laughs> she could hear Eddie Meyer, the uh, the the villain, say, "Not too hard, not too hard." <laughs> <laughs> you know, because she's she's used to competing, and in uh, a few, I think a couple of the uh, comp- the classes that she uh, that she competed in, and um, martial arts uh it was all gender so she was competing against men and women um and beating them all pretty pretty soundly so, yeah she's like a five-time uh champ i think it was in weapons demonstrations something oh, right, like that right. yeah, that's very cool mm-hmm. yeah so after this they end up arresting this guy so they got to get some information well, out of him well and, one thing real quick sure. is that in the in that scene and earlier with the richard norton character you can hear someone saying a line in English, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure the person who said it wasn't a native English speaker because it just sounds very, like, garbled yeah. and, and yeah. you know. Thank you very much. He's okay, sir. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> sure. And there's this, and, this great little reveal where two of the other police officers um, are yeah, sort of, uh, yeah. yeah, they're sort of, I don't know. I'm trying to kind of bad mouth, bad yeah, mouthing sort of her sexualizing in Cantonese her to her face. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. she reveals that she can speak Cantonese, and it's their yeah, kind of tails yeah. between their legs. And this is we get just a tiny moment of uh, Inspector Ng and uh, Cynthia's character kind of meeting each other. Yep. And even though it's pretty yep. brief and there's not much exchanged, you can already feel the the chemistry there. It's oh, mm-hmm. we're in for something great. Then we head back to the station where they're kind of interrogating him, and we see. Uh, is doing you know being a good cop and like giving him like a cup of tea and and you know talking it through and then Cynthia Rothrock just immediately kicks the tea out of his hand and and uh, says she's gonna interrogate him her way which is <laughs> just him or beating the crap out of him yeah without any rhyme or reason it seems so I imagine Eddie Marr was probably went in to, for that day of shooting. It was like, oh, not again. <laughs> yeah. And this, uh, the uh, the room she goes into is amazing. It's pitch black, and the uh, sound mixer kind of turns up the reverb. Uh, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty amazing. But I, you know, I think this also is probably playing into some stereotypes, probably for the Hong Kong audiences of oh, you know these these yeah, Westerners, like, oh, the Westerner. they're they're not very intelligent. They're all about um you know violence violence and, and they're really gun happy and yeah. everything which you know we, <laughs> yeah. we probably aren't in a position to contest i suppose but <laughs> yeah as i was say yikes western cops are definitely a lot more gun happy than place the hong kong where guns are incredibly restricted <laughs> right, so right. well what ends up happening is that 
even though she's as rough as she is with him, uh, he ends up getting injured. And uh, what they decide to do is they're going to transport him to the hospital. And Carrie isn't very happy with that because she still thinks that they can get info. But Inspector Ng, she knows that if they try to transport him, he's going to try and escape. And then once he does that, they can try to gather more information by tailing him. And yep. that's exactly what happens. So uh, mm-hmm. he ends up escaping and he ends up uh, going back to Panadol's because the passport that he got was from him. So, yeah. Um, so presumably they were the ones that ratted him out. For sure. For sure. Which is what happened. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, they're chasing. He's chasing him and you get a little cat and mouse in his place again. But um, Panadol ends up like jumping out of a glass window so we get another and yeah like he straight up slow-mo jumps out of a glass pan and he's hanging and the guy's gonna like drop him basically if he doesn't get his way or whatever but carrie ends up showing up and she carrie actually is uh cynthia rothrock's character right I don't know if we mentioned that carrie morris I carrie morris yeah carrie morris and uh she ends up shooting him and um mm-hmm. panadol drops but he's kind of hanging by like he's literally like almost hanging but he's almost on the ground yeah, he's like yeah, help me the, help the me. rope gets wrapped around his neck as he falls to the ground and Car- yeah, carrie's yeah. gun kind of solves all of her problems here in this, in this <laughs> sequence. yeah so she shoots the the rope that's tying him down you get a cool transition from him dropping and hitting the oh, water yeah, to water being splashed on him at the police station mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome yeah, it's a really cool cut yeah i was just thinking I imagine there has to be some adventure game where you have a gun and you can just solve all the puzzles by using the gun with <laughs> another object. Well, That's you're a the LucasArts guy, right? Because yeah, I, could, I could totally see that being like a, like, oh, you could run down and, you know, you, cut yeah, the rope you like, with you open it. up the rubber chicken with the pulley in the middle and there's like a... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Bro, your rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we get... I really, I really like this because uh, the next scene we get um, Carrie doing more rough interrogation, <laughs> right. um, and I love one part uh, that I noticed this next time watching it that she says like, "Hey, do you know what the people around here call me?" And she says, "Nasty foreign chick." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, nasty foreign chick. They're they're not very creative here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. And I just thought that was. That was an oddly self-aware kind of line. Yeah, yeah totally. but w- what we get out of this scene is that um, Inspector Ng realizes that Panadol and Aspirin are the next mm-hmm. people that she should kind of track down because of um, uh, Strepsil, Strepsil and Aspirin. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Right. Well, well it's the, great because yeah, he, does, he doesn't really uh, rat them out, but she's showing, she's showing them this book of faces and he kind of gives himself mm-hmm. away and it also, I think, is yeah. showing how sort of clever Inspector Ng is. Um, and it's another sort of, you know, bad cop of Carrie versus her sort of good cop. I mean, in many ways, she's sort of the idealized, like, per, like she's kind of the perfect, you know, um, yeah. Chinese police officer. It's, yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was just... Um... I well the very he like they say you know yeah we need to we need to go after these guys and then it cuts to this guy stabbing a knife into a desk and it this crazy oh, like really? almost fisheye lens close up of his face and he has these out of control eyebrows and mustache oh man yeah, and it's amazing. it's nuts yeah like, he's definitely another one of my pictures. favorite guys you guys uh, but he's guys, he's mad dog mad dog right a good good name for him you guys like Hall and Oates. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This kind of John This kind of looks like this kind of looks like Chinese oats. Yeah. Like, and we've actually sure. oh, we've man. run into this actor before uh, in Magnificent Butcher. This is a uh, Chung Fat, and he played, I believe, the um, the uh, the Mad Cat or uh, what? Yep. Yeah. What did we call that character? So I say he played a, a somewhat similar character, even though he doesn't look the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like Wildcat or Wildcat, Wildcat or something yeah. like that. Wildcat, keep watching, kill anyone you see. We'll take the bank. Huh? At the um, time, those eyebrows seemed impressive enough, but we didn't know what we were in for here. We didn't know we were who's capable of. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this final form. Uh, but that's it's a, just a short scene of them saying, you know, he's basically Mr. Ten is hiring Mad Dog to, you know, to be his guard. And then we get another quick shot with uh, Willie. Uh, that was um, Dick Way, mm-hmm. right? This actor. Yeah. Uh, Dick yeah. Way's character. They're just, you know, kind of talking about, you know, we need to get the microfilm and everything. And we get the a other nice, thing, nice view uh, of the location here. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Like, that's a, you know. It's, it's like a final boss stage. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> you see that place and it's like, you know, this is going to get destroyed by the yeah. end of the movie. Like, there's yeah. all kinds of glass and. There's a and fountain. Fountains. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, like, and, a balcony area. Like, yeah, oh, we, man. Yeah, we were saying before, this is sort of like the, this is like the contemporary version of the, um. Like the tea house or the brothel or something. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, so then we cut to uh, like a like a pool hall, like a like like billiards pool. Mm-hmm. We were talking last time that this scene's uh, it's a little unclear what Aspirin and Strepsil are trying to do here. Right. Because it's like they're trying to hustle money out of a guy, and the guy turns out to be like this big, you know, crazy good pool. Yeah, like yeah, it seems like Dick Poon is maybe calling in one of his famous friends or something. Um, and it's yeah. kind of neat how they show, uh, they show like, on the television, they happen to be broadcasting like this, um, like a pool match where he's winning. And so we kind of cut back and forth to seeing seeing him in the flesh. But also, yeah, we're not helped too much by our subtitles, which seem to refer to this character as the fat chick. And for, yeah. I think oh, for, right. for Westerners, that definitely reads in a different in a different yeah, it reads way. very differently because um, <laughs> they're saying things like we're here to pick up fat chicks or yeah, something like that, which is oh, like, no. wait, what are what are you trying to say? Because I'm pretty sure there's not a single woman in this entire scene. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, I think they, and this, uh, we would probably translate it to like maybe fat chicken or fat hen or something, yeah, like, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. And this is also one of the things that we were kind of talking about where we kind of it's not completely necessary to see all this stuff, but you mm. don't really get a good balance of Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia's scenes compared to these guys. Like, right. You, we could almost zoom past this. All you really need to know is that these guys are trying to do some stuff again and they're basically getting in trouble. But what ends up happening is Willie shows up and he's looking for them too. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, Starts a chase. He chases them yeah. down. Yeah. There is a really cool, yeah, which is pretty sick. There's a cool like <laughs> chase. And the other thing we kind of should say is that um, Blackie Co, the kind of biker gang guy yeah. from Wheels on Meals, he did all the vehicle stunts for this movie as well. And you mm-hmm. can definitely get a sense that maybe he's the guy under the helmet because you don't really see that. Right. And yeah, we're saying like that's probably why there's a helmet, not for not for safety, but to kind of cover the double the double here um but <laughs> yeah, yeah i think sure. you're, you're totally right carlos it's almost like the filmmakers are unaware of what 
magic they have on their hands with Cynthia and Michelle. Mm-hmm. And it seems so obvious to anyone watching the movie. Um, but there are plenty of, you know, who knows, maybe on paper uh, it seemed that they would really need to rely on some of the more famous Hong Kong comedic actors to kind of drive mm-hmm. the film. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so kind of Michelle di- divorced Yeoh from that. Been it's in too many confused. movies at this stage, right? I mean, What's John, that? John Sham was a pretty, was a pretty established, entity um mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. i don't know you know i don't know as much about uh meng Hoi who plays aspirin but i think he was a pretty uh pretty mm-hmm. successful comic actor as uh as well yeah um, so willie ends up cornering these two guys and um they cut to like a bar where um inspector ing and carrie are kind of on the hunt for them and just they just happen to like run into the same bar where they're looking so um, you've got this standoff with Willie holding a knife to them, and then uh, Inspector Ng and Carrie show up, and we get to see some more great action from these two ladies. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a yeah, they got like a tag team on Willie, and the choreography is really cool inside the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, amazing. You get another awesome slow mo kick from <laughs> Cynthia, and um, they really get the upper hand on uh, Dick Way's character in this movie mm-hmm. it's, it's a great scene it's a great scene yeah. and you get the kind of cool 80s bar setting yeah for this fight and it's the first taste of something kind of like a collaborative uh fight with their kind of team, yeah where they're actually working together not just you know fighting talking fighting but they're actually like fighting together mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. we should say some of the slow motion that we've seen already in the movie and this happens all the way through to the end of the film uh isn't planned high speed slow motion it's uh if you're right. familiar with say uh, like particular like the fellowship of the ring is a good example of this technique and it <laughs> almost always happens uh as an afterthought i mean sometimes maybe it's done intentionally um but usually it's it's when the filmmaker in the edit chooses to make a slow motion sequence out of something that wasn't planned to be slow motion so it's a much more mm-hmm. sort of stutter uh, it's more stuttery yeah, yeah. it's the 24 frames kind of doubled up yeah it's mm-hmm. a really nice it's almost like a reward you know see, yeah you, they emphasize like the critical hits like you know you you'd really get messed yeah, up yeah. if this was the kick that landed on you so you, you kind of see that it's really cool to see yeah, it definitely and we see Esperin and Strepsil running into like the back room of the club and this is a great little gag where Esperin is uh like there's a piano nearby and he just slumps down on the bench and slams all of his his arm on the <laughs> piano and there's this big bah, sound. It sounds like a horror movie. It, yeah. it, it sounds like a horror sting. Like it sounds like a sting we've heard in some of the other movies. Another great translation, Strepsil says, it's scaring though. <laughs> It, it is pretty scaring, though. It is scaring, though. Um, yeah, we. I mean, and we definitely don't want to take anything away from uh, these two actors. I mean, I think they're great. I mean, oh yeah, I love John Sham, and I think Meng Hoi is doing great here. It's just they happen to be in a movie with um, kind of an incredible like breakthrough duo. You know? Yes. Yeah, you're just dying for more action. Like, come on, where, where's the next fight scene? <laughs> right, like, right. let's do this. And even here, like, this scene leads into another kind of out of nowhere gag between two parking checkers where they're just trying mm-hmm. to trying to fill their quota i guess so they're kind of fighting over who's going to get to tag the car and um right. uh we got our uh i guess you know our comedians they show up and 
they're kind of at the mindset where they want like police protection so they're trying to get arrested i guess yeah aspirin and strips are trying to get arrested so that they won't get beaten up by dick way again (laughs) yeah so so they kind of like it's kind of a funny little back and forth where they're trying to egg on one or the other they're like who's gonna be the one that's gonna put us away so it's almost like an inverse thing where it's like instead of not trying to get you know trying to get out of something they're trying to get something and um and yeah, and this, the, the sequence between the two cops, it, it is funny, and it has a little bit of stunt casting. Uh, Wu Ma is a famous actor. So it's almost like, imagine like Will Ferrell or somebody popping up in the film. Like It would definitely uh-huh. retain your interest, and it's something that might be kind of lost on some, you know, viewing it from another culture or something. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. It is good. It's good. It's kind of filler, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it it kind of is fun to see these little gags. I like it. Yeah, where they're like I said, where they're going back and forth, and the one guy's saying, "If you know, if you hit me, I'll put you in jail." And they're like, "Wait." So then <laughs> they like, turn oh, around. We're gonna hit him. <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> yeah. So they get arrested. <laughs> I like this shot too because he's all bruised and beaten, but he's got them and he's bringing them to the police station. <laughs> Uh, they they bring them in and Inspector Ng comes in and basically says, no, you guys are, are free to go. And so then they go back to the billiard hall that they were just in and got chased out of. <laughs> and then they get beaten up again and sent to the, to the police yeah. station. I actually really like the shot of them getting tossed to the ground and then everybody kind of like cartoon like just pounding on them yeah. like that's really funny right <laughs> and cuts to them like with like even more bandages and and big bruises and everything yeah and i think a couple of these scenes are removed from the the international cut which you know is make makes sense i mean it kind of speaks to some of what we're already talking about here but then they go to the two of them go back to Pandal's apartment and uh, this is actually a pretty long scene that kind of just the main thing it results in is Panadol discovers the microfilm. He's like they're kind of in a scuffle and he ends up putting on his little spelunker light with the microfilm that slipped onto it. And they see that, you know, the microfilm has some like document that like shows uh, it's like a contract or something that shows yeah. and it's, it's shining uh, on the wall it's exactly kind of a neat is. idea it's like i like how that's yeah how that's staged but oh, another issue yeah, that we're gonna like kind of run into projector. is i don't think this is actually microfilm i think this is just a uh, 16 millimeter camera film i could be i could <laughs> yeah be wrong. yeah or maybe like eight eight millimeter yeah, or something it's yeah, really small maybe. film but, but it's, it's still, not it's microfilm, definitely actually. legible if you were to hold it up to your eye and um, yeah, yeah, I think it ma- microfilm is a MacGuffin. Uh, I think that you know that could that could work great, and I think that is something that happened in a lot of American or Hollywood, you know, thrillers of the time. But we run yeah, into a yeah. few little bumps where um, it's yeah, it's kind of stretching plausibility a little bit that people wouldn't just kind of hold the microfilm up to their eye and see what's on it. <laughs> so there's a whole back and forth where like Aspirin and Panadol both say that they have the microfilm because they. Because they know that they should give it to the police, but if they bring it to Dick Way and Mr. Tin, then they'll probably get a lot of money for it. So uh, Strepsil wants to do the right thing, but Astro and Panda all want to get the money. So they kind of do like a silly, like passing it back and forth between them. And then they say that they're giving it to Panda, or not to Panda, to uh, Strepsil. And he goes to the police, and the police barge in to. Uh, 
like a hotel to meet with like an office. I don't know. Somewhere it's not it's not the big bad final lair, but it's somewhere to meet with them. But the point is they're going they like the police come in and excuse them and say they're going to arrest them and they have proof, but then it's like a they b- don't board have the proof. Or something? It's, yeah, yeah, it's like a boardroom or something. And we get introduced to this super duper sleazy lawyer who's oh gosh, yeah. saying like, you know, you don't have you don't have your evidence and, and everything like that. And yeah, he's also uh, seems like kind of misogynistic and uh, he give yeah but i think this, yeah. this is a moment that feels kind of uh intentional because he kind of calls out the you know the kind of the, the one of the most sort of old-fashioned um kind of misogynistic stereotypes he says like get back in the kitchen i think yeah something like that mm-hmm. and whenever i saw that i was like whoa okay uh but luckily he's the bad guy <laughs> right so right it's one of those things where it's not like, yeah, root on the hero, taking whim to task. Yeah, it's, I, I think this is a moment suppo- of, of the filmmakers trying guy. to kind of acknowledge a more like a, you know, socially progressive position here. It's like, okay, yeah, no, this is, bit, yeah. you know, it's like, this isn't, this isn't uh, the older generation, you know, this is kind of a new, a new state. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what ends up happening is they arrest Tin, even though they don't really have the evidence and um he ends up being released because of that and they kind of get reprimanded by the boss uh wong and um this kind of leads you to that kind of kind of loose cannon you're a loose cannon you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn your badge in yeah so um they both what I think they're supposed I'm rewatching it now and I think it's supposed to just be he's just going to put them on leave for a while and then he's going to take over the case but then they decide yeah, yeah it's, we're going to we're going to turn in our badge and our gun and we're just going to take yeah, care yeah, of this Michelle ourselves. Yeah, Michelle decides and walks out and then Cynthia's character has a great line she says, "Do you need me to repeat that in English?" Um, yeah, yeah she, it's does, awesome. she does the same thing. So they got to go into vigilante mm-hmm. mode. And yeah, yeah, Cynthia has this awesome blue like jump jumper yeah. kind of outfit oh we yeah. failed to and, mention her earlier yellow jumper which is kind of like the proto april o'neill look right yeah <laughs> yeah i love prisoner. it oh, so good. <laughs> uh so this is kind of the the beginning of the end of the movie uh because first we get this goofy scene with aspirin wearing like these big uh fancy hat and a suit and he has like gold like a gold watch on and everything and he's trying to be all cool saying like oh you know we have this microfilm if you give us you know 10 million dollars or, or whatever it is right but then he just ends up getting beaten up yeah he's really in over his head and you kind of almost all of the players are in the final area right so we've got yeah the boss and we've got mad dog and we've got you know one of the kind of thief kind of guys that mm-hmm. he's you know you know he can't really handle himself he's just trying to play cool and uh yeah they end up capturing him and that's mm-hmm. what's going to lead to the final sequence right yeah it's almost like a fortress this mansion it's kind yeah, of yeah yeah and then we see dick way going back to panadol and um trying to find where the microfilm actually is and he uh he confronts panadol and and kills him too or or he like he shoots him he doesn't die immediately and then whenever Strepsil comes up with like his dying breath, he tells him where the microfilm actually is. Yeah, this is, and, this is intense. Yeah, this is pretty intense because uh, Strepsil like grab like has Pandal in his arms. He's trying to bring him to you know a hospital, and by the time he gets down the stairs, he's already dead. It's kind of a dark turn. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's him. it's unfortunate. You do really feel for him because even though he wasn't the most honest guy, you know, you you kind of got this sympathy going, and you know, him and his friend, and then you know, you've got Strepsil, yeah. and you know, you just see like, oh, he just lost his friend, and he mm-hmm. you know he's pushed o- pushed over the edge, like, and yeah, yeah. he wants to take it into his hands too, and uh, Ing and Carrie are there, and they're like, no, like you, he's like grabs one of the guns and also you know it was like that pile of fake guns so he just like grabs everything so who knows what's what and that comes into play later and Mm -hmm. he just kind of makes a run for it so now he wants to get revenge and this there's a lot of great kind of like edgar wright style like fast cuts of him like putting the guns in the holsters (laughs) and everything yeah i like that uh uh, obviously pre-edgar wright but it's definitely reminded me of that Mm -hmm. um Uh, in the commotion yeah uh willie escapes and uh now they have no choice but they gotta go to you know uh boss the mob boss tins uh place to get things done first we see strepsil go in and he kind of threatens his way in with the the fake guns and the fake grenade and uh, comes in he's like you can see he's you know he's all shaking and he's scared and right. uh, just trying to get aspirin back <laughs> we get a great a great bit from uh, mad dog who like jumps down on him uh but then he uh one of my favorite little goofs is when he pulls the grenade like pulls the pin for the grenade <laughs> and everyone like dives down and covers their head and uh he throws the grenade away and you hear that the grenade is actually just like a music box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. with a, with a pull string. Yeah, I think all uh, all the sort of uh, shoddy fake weapons. Uh, I think it all really pays off in this sequence. And one of my favorite choices is that they chose that the the guns would fire blanks. Um, and I think there would be another way to approach this where the gun just doesn't work or it's a squirt gun or a kid's toy or something. Yeah, but what's great yeah, about the blanks is that flag. everyone gets to react every single time. <laughs> and it, it actually doesn't yeah. get old, this feeling of, wait, was I shot? Were you shot? Um, yeah. And, yeah, grabbing your chest like, yeah. no blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's funny because the only difference between this and if it was a scene where they actually had it is if they had squibs on them or right. not. But otherwise, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, just, oh, that's such a... Then the person stands good, back up. Good point. And so, yeah, one by one, <laughs> he goes through these guns um, and none of them none of them are real. Um, but there's a great little shot where there's one more gun he hasn't tried, but then he gets... Uh, he gets interrupted. The other thing I really like about this scene is that it's an immediate cut from the last scene where Willie was at Panadol's and he runs off. But then when Strepsil gets here, Willie's there and he's dressed in a completely different outfit. It's like, <laughs> right. what? what? <laughs> how did you, one, how did you get there so fast? And two, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah and two, Strepsil teach too, me but... how to, yeah, make a costume yeah. change. Yeah. Say, <laughs> like, hey, wait, guys, I got to change for the final scene real quick. Right. Sure. You get a little bit of a standoff here where um, Strepsil's threatening to, uh, you know, he's got the film and he's saying like, oh, I'm going to get rid of it. But the boss is like, go ahead, get rid of it. That's what I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the idea. But he ends up um, kind of getting captured, too, and they're actually going to, like, set him on fire. <laughs> like, they've got him, like, they're going to yeah, execute gosh. him. And mm-hmm. the kind of uh, henchman of Tin is holding a gas can up and that's right when uh, Carrie and Ing show up, and they actually 
shoot the gas can and he like explodes it's amazing <laughs> it's pretty great uh, i don't think that's how gas cans work if you just shoot them but it's pretty sweet yeah so yeah. i'll take it <laughs> and this is this is whenever it pops off because they're the uh, the bad guys say because uh, strepsel says that he swallowed the film so the bad guys are gonna like say they're gonna cut him open so people keep like pulling out these blades and they like shooting the guys and stuff God, it's such a it's such a cool scene. Yeah, there's a really cool like uh, uh Ing's got her gun out and she's taking dudes out like anytime somebody tries something and there's an amazing shot where a guy jumps down from the balcony and he's definitely on strings and she shoots him in midair and he just kind of rotates in midair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He like kind of su- suspends in midair for a it's little bit. It's an interesting bit. physics lesson of what happens. When yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong physics. Hong, yeah, definitely <laughs> Hong, Kong Hong Kong action physics. physics. And yeah. um, Carrie uh, starts to enter the fray as well because there's a gun that gets tossed to the ground. So her and Mad Dog are kind of making a mad dash for it and now carrie gets to do an awesome drop kick it's so oh it looks so good so everything's going down we got our henchmen like lined up ready to get punched and kicked and carrie and ing are ready to start the battle and they get this Mm. awesome intro pose like if this was a fighting game it'd be like the round one fight like where they jump in and it's just so cool we definitely have to include oh, a, yeah. a gif a of gif that, of that for, yeah it's yeah, about carrie it's like about... throws the gun away uh michelle yo like pops her collar and they do a cool like high five thing yeah it's about yeah. four or oh, five seconds long but honestly i think that shot alone is worth the price of admission and um, yeah the yeah from here on out this is this is what we came to this movie for i think for um, sure for sure yeah. well Gosh, i mean yeah incredible. and like all the goons are kind of attacking everyone and we've got our little skirmishes that break apart and um right away you get to see Cynthia Rothrock doing some of the stuff that she does best that she gets like a a bow like a staff and she's tearing dudes up with this staff it's amazing like you know she earned this she's a five-time champ and you're giving her this and she's on film so you know it's gonna be good it's amazing uh- and we cut back and forth between our, our two heroes here. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that um, they have decades of experience in action filmmaking. I mean, they're incredible. Uh, like just watching Cynthia, she's so commits to every single move. There's so much power mm-hmm. in everything that she's doing. And there's so much power in what Michelle does and such incredible mm-hmm. speed. Uh, and compared to what we've watched uh, so far in this series, I mean, this is just blistering and yeah, really, mm-hmm. yeah, just really something. It's almost hard to believe that this is uh, like such an early, early film debut for both of these actresses. It's almost like, you know, when like a band has like a debut album, it's like you kind of yeah. get the sense that they really put like 200% of their effort into mm-hmm. making this good. And I did right. remember hearing her say that they were working so hard on this movie that they were covered in bruises oh, right. after like <laughs> you know filming all of this because they were just going for it the whole time and it really does show one of my favorite stunts that michelle yo does is um she's fighting mad dog who stabs at her with uh his knife and she there's next to like this grand piano and she does a jump, does a split in the air, and then lands back on the piano and oh, slams amazing. his hand down in between the the like the backboard. 
it's so cool wow um and then kicks him down into the into the big fountain <laughs> yeah. we saw before and it's kind of again another really violent bit where we see like all the glass sticking out of his face and everything it's kind of it's kind of rough yeah that's a brutal fall uh when yeah when he goes mm-hmm. down into the fountain there's also a great stunt of uh i think a, a little bit earlier um michelle's on that sort of upper landing and um she's wrapped around the the uh the railing and she smashes her head through the glass of the railing and like grabs these two goons and when the shot starts uh you sort of think oh maybe this is a double but it's like nope she (laughs) pops up right into camera after smashing Mm -hmm. through the glass it's i mean that's just yeah incredible commitment you know years before you know you'd probably do something like that with cg or Mm. face replacement or something it's for sure for sure so then all the goons are kind of handled and then we get to fight the bosses so mm-hmm. uh you've got uh carrie versus willie and you've got uh uh michelle yo inspector Ng versus mad dog it's so cool and they kind of yeah it it's cool that you get a sense of their confidence too they're kind of kind of mocking their their opponents like they kind of do like, <laughs> right. oh, you're just a woman and something like, you know, oh, all men's mothers are women or something like <laughs> right. that. Which yeah. apparently, like, yeah, is real food for thought for them. You yeah, kind of stop like, in their yeah, yeah. That what? makes a lot of sense. And yeah, there's a great <laughs> moment where um, uh, Carrie gets injured and then Dick Way's character is all concerned and it, then she kind of exploits his chivalry or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And she does some high flying stuff too, or oh they're goodness. fighting on the balcony. And she, I think it's a double, but you know, she jumps off the balcony and uses the chandelier to swing down to the oh, lower man. floor. Yeah. So at the very after all the people have been basically defeated, um, Mr. Ten comes out holding a knife up to Aspirin. And I don't remember exactly how it ends up, but basically what ends up happening is Aspirin ends up. Be on the ground next to one of the one of the last guns that Strepsil had, and uh, Mister and he he's holding up to to uh, Willie, and Strepsil says, you know, they're they're fake, and Asper just shoots it anyway, and it turns out that that was the one real gun, and we get a flashback to earlier where we saw all the guns getting shuffled around, right, and he he finishes off Dickway's character with that. This last scene oh my is kind of a bummer. Like it, the you're expecting because after that you see all the cops flooding in, and you're expecting it to be you know they come in and they're like they found some other piece of evidence or something like that. But uh, they come in and earlier in the fight, Willie uh, grabbed the microfilm and burned it, so the evidence is gone, and they they arrest them they arrest uh, the the good guys they arrest uh strepsil and aspirin and uh ing and carrie and, and yeah at this point you have like a minute and a half of running time left yeah it's kind of a shock and i would say pre- mm-hmm. uh, definitely a breaking of the norm for uh for a movie of this of this period uh yeah still uh-huh. surprising watching it today i felt so bad when rewatching this thinking of you matthew um and i know you know definitely um yeah we probably should have given you a warning as far as the freeze frame uh goes in this film this is this is the freeze frame to yeah end it's, all a, it's the, the dar- it's the darkest freeze frame ever 
because they're they're marching the the good guys out to the you know the police trucks and uh aspirin says something like i you know i wonder what pandal thinks of all this and strepsil says you know pandal died and and then Aspirin says, is there really a god? It's like maybe they're breaking the fourth wall or something. Like, wait, movies aren't sp- it's almost <laughs> like they're saying movies aren't supposed to end like this. Yeah. Uh what's yeah. And, <laughs> what's going on? And then Mr. Tin says, like, oh, of course there's a god because, you know, I got away with it. Like I'm the good guy right. and you're the bad guys. And so Aspirin reaches over to a cop and steals his gun and shoots Mr. Tin and and then Stretzel like dives on some of the other cops and sh- screams at him to keep shooting him. And the freeze frame is Aspirin shooting at Mr. Ten. And that's the way the movie ends. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I think we mentioned this before, but uh, part of me thinks that maybe this wasn't the original plan. I mean, I can't imagine sitting down and working out the screenplay and kind of coming to this conclusion but who knows maybe <laughs> but at any rate i don't think romeo diaz uh our fearless composer was let in on the plan because the music <laughs> he wrote for the end credits <laughs> you know he does his best i, I feel like he already had the end credits cue and then he got the final reel of the movie and he does yeah. his best to try to transition from this freeze frame into i mean i think that yeah. the music in the end credits is delightful but it is it's not easy oh my gosh and the other thing yeah. and i know you mentioned this too matthew um the end credits are actually sort of like a trailer or kind of like a review of some of the action of the yeah, movie yeah. and so it cuts to michelle so you almost think Oh, oh, who? No, the, the movie's not over. There's a little epilogue, but uh, no, it's actually nope. we're just reviewing <laughs> stuff. And most of the end credits are actually spent reviewing the final fight, which is just mm-hmm. minutes old. Mm-hmm. But hey, I mean, it's yeah, the action is so incredible there. You know, we definitely yeah, and we get to see we get to again. see Michelle Yeoh running next to the car again. We get to see the truck flip again. We get to see yeah uh, Cynthia Rothrock doing that amazing spin kick off of the wall again. More drop kicks. More lots of drop kicks, all kinds of drop kicks and drop kicks and broken glass could have been the name of this movie. Yeah. But so could a lot of Hong Kong action movies from this time. <laughs> uh but yeah, but that's yes, madam. Uh I enjoyed it. It was just definitely that ending's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's good stuff. I I mean I've seen it a handful of times and it mm. doesn't get old. I love yeah. the action in this movie. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. And but it is it's it's like you guys say that you you wish there was more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of I I'd sort of be curious to actually like watch through one of the international cuts because I'm sure we would miss out. I mean, we miss out on some of the scenes that we love. Uh, but yeah, I I could imagine something something working well about eliminating you know some of the kind of plot, kind of the more just pure plot sequences of the movie it's something like you would see like and this is another like kind of commentary on like what people want to see out of uh kung fu movies is like you can go on youtube and just look up coolest fight scene from this movie and then somebody will just have that scene which is cool to see but i also kind of it's like you just kind of want to earn those fight scenes Mm -hmm. but you're so emotionally invested yeah it's like the balance between you know 
getting a really amazing action scene and then kind of getting that build up towards the scene. And and yeah, this definitely. movie kind of fails in a, a little bit when it comes to that. But ultimately, you want to see these amazing action scenes, and that is what you get. It's just mm-hmm. I would I would have loved to see maybe just one more big uh, action sequence with these two ladies yeah. together. It's really mm-hmm. good. But right. I mean, or a sequel that they're actually both in. Sure. Right. Sure. Right. I mean, what's what's amazing? I, I mean, first and foremost, we have to you know be grateful that the movie exists. I suppose. And oh yeah, because no. I mean, like we said, no one was, you know, Ng Si Yuen wasn't taking advantage of Cynthia Rothrock's contract. And, uh, you know, this isn't a film that I think would have been made, you know, if it weren't for, you know, for Sammo and Koryun and um, yeah. the, the thinking the thinking behind this. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's an incredible time capsule. And, you know, even if there are some moments that are rough around the edges, uh, it's really made with a lot of heart and a lot of love and oh yeah uh yeah just a great yeah great movie to watch and watch and and rewatch and i think there's you know some of the the moments that may, maybe we weren't kind of outright uh celebrating um really yeah they reward a lot of uh subsequent viewings i viewings i think mm-hmm. you know there's an interesting yeah, the second the second view made a lot more sense than the first viewing yeah you get that a lot oh, yeah, with totally. like movies from this era um mm-hmm. But yeah, and I mean Cynthia Rothrock, like I can't say enough about her. Like if you really enjoyed her in this movie, for sure, like check out the other movies that she did uh while she was in Hong Kong. Like Writing Wrongs, Wrongs is really good. Yeah. Yimbu's in it and um Millionaire's Express, Shanghai Express. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that movie's great too and there's a ton of people in it. Ah, oh, what's the Magic Crystal? That's a really good one too. Like ah, oh, man, so much great mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, definitely digging um, dig into Cynthia's catalog. And uh, there are a couple of really interesting uh, interviews with Cynthia from uh, more recently that are available online that we can link to in the show notes, including, I think, a really charming interview uh, with uh, Benny Arquitas and Cynthia. And um, Benny's got such an infectious personality. He seems so happy to be kind of reunited. And we might have said mm-hmm. this earlier, but they had kind of a similar career path. Um, Cynthia, I think, you know, took took advantage, I think, uh, a little bit better of her, you know, her time in Hong Kong and uh, just appeared in a lot more great films than than Benny did. But, you know, they kind of came from similar origins. And, you know, you have that sense when you see the two of them together. They have this experience that very few people on the planet have. Um, Dude, could you imagine like them? together in a scene like oh oh, man oh man i don't want to think about it (laughs) yeah that'd be amazing there's there's another thing that uh we kind of notice at the end of this film and i don't think it's intentional but it's kind of interesting viewing uh three films in a row now where the disposal of the villain the final villain yeah is kind of done at the hand of one of the other male characters and again, I don't think it's mm-hmm. there is anything too intentional about it, but it's just sort of interesting that that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if yeah, it's maybe yeah. to is maybe it's even saving face of these ladies or something. Um, mm-hmm. Not not depicting that amount of violence. I'm you know I'm not sure, but it is kind of it is kind of odd. It's not something that we even that you usually encounter in uh, in an action film, but so far it's three for three. Oh yeah. 
Definitely. So speaking of that, what's the uh, what's our training for next week, Marty? Well, it's all coming full circle next week on a lot of levels. Uh, we're going back in time to a more uh, period film, and we're going to unite mm-hmm. a couple of our heroines, our first and last. So Chang Pei-Pei mm-hmm. and Michelle Yeoh, uh, also Mr. Yun Wu-Ping. And this is... This is a film that our, many of our listeners have probably already seen uh, and also mm-hmm. probably the most critically acclaimed movie we've watched thus far. This is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, directed by Ang Lee. Mm-hmm. And luckily, yes. it's very uh, uh, readily available, so um, yes. we shouldn't have too like I, difficult of a I, time. I checked it out from the library. Like it was, oh, perfect. Whenever you can get it from the library. Yeah, you visit know, your local library. It's folks. easy. Yeah, <laughs> nice. for real. <laughs> and it also stars uh it also stars at the time newcomer uh Jung Si now world famous Jung Si uh who had a very similar background to some of our heroines so far uh a ballet and uh dance background and mm-hmm. boy does she have an incredible um martial arts debut in in this movie so yeah, definitely looking forward wait. to it uh, so thank you so much for listening uh be sure to check us out on Facebook just look up Heroes 3 podcast you can follow us on Twitter at Heroes the Number Three Podcast. Uh, we're available pretty much anywhere you want to find podcasts. If you have you know any feedback on the episode, be sure to leave like a comment on the Facebook post or on the Twitter or whatever. Uh, we're definitely curious to hear some uh, feedback when it comes to these episodes. Thank you to anyone that's checking in from the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit. Uh, some cool stuff over on that page. Hey guys, and yo, hey. And I think that is going to wrap it up for this week. So thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. And I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.